Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAV Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. AM Fight Night with Adam Catter. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. 
Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. On Talk Sport. Yeah, this is a fight night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. I've got a special guest presenter alongside me today. The king of all media. He's on everything. You switch on the internet and this boy is everywhere. Darren Barker, how are you, mate? Not bad, not bad. Happy to be here, mate. We're on location this week. Uh, we've come down to uh, Stonebridge ABC. Later on in the show, uh, you will hear me in Brighton talking to Chris Eubank Jr. because we are building up towards our live exclusive commentary of uh, Eubank Jr. versus De Gale, which is on TalkSport next Saturday. You were just saying, um, when we entered, out of all the London gyms that you've frequented in your time, my friend, as a sparring partner and as a world champion yourself, yep. you've never been in this one? I've never been here. I've never been to Stonebridge ABC. Never. I've, uh, there's quite a lot of gyms in the northwest of London as well, and uh, yeah, it's one I've never been to. And look, it's a, it's a typical sort of uh, boxing yeah, yeah. gym, really, isn't it? Uh, Apart from all the cameras and radio all people cameras, and TV yeah, people yeah, turning yeah. up. Exactly. But no, I haven't been here, but yeah, been, been, to, been to most, mate. Mm. Um, we're going to be speaking to James in, in a moment or two, but just looking at him, you, you've known him for a long time, just looking at him, he looks in the shape of his life, mate. Yeah. Normally at this stage, you can't see the abs yet, you know what I mean, hence yeah. the nickname Chunky. He looks in unbelievable, Nick, and he's talking the talk as well. He does. Do you know what, it, it, physically he looks unbelievable, and just seeing him hit the pads, hit the bag, uh, the way he's conducting himself in here, he looks switched on, he looks mentally switched on, and uh, I, I've... I've been asked loads of times, you know, do you think this is the right opponent for James Agal? I do, I do, because we know there's bad blood, we know they don't like each yeah. other, it's genuine, uh, and for that reason, I know, I know, look, James is, is ultra competitive anyway, you don't get to where he has and achieve what he has without having that competitive nature, but he would, it would destroy him to lose to Chris Eubank Jr., it would, so I think it's the right opponent for James Agal at this stage in his career, because he'll be, he's so switched on, as we can see here. His legacy in boxing is secure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Olympic gold medalist and two-time world champion. Why do you think that the, that the, that the love... Do you, do you know what I mean? There's certain fighters that get proper love and adoration from the fans, and James, I don't think, gets, gets a fair share of that. Why do you think that is? Oh, he's, got a, he's got a swagger about him, hasn't he? You yeah. know, he's a, there's that... that when, when, you, when you're as confident as James Agao is, it can come across as a bit arrogant at times. Yeah. And I think he's far from that. Yeah, but he is far from it. He's, just, he's a confident individual. He, he, he's, he's a good crack. I've known him for a long time. He's a good laugh, James. He's, yeah, yeah. he's a good bloke. And uh, I just think people think he's arrogant and uh, he's far too confident. But when you've achieved what he's achieved, like you said, his legacy is secured. You know, just winning. Be, actually, being 
to qualify and go to an Olympic Games. Can you imagine? I, I mean, I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to go to an Olympic Games. I'm gutted. I really wish I did. I'd love to be known as Olympian. But then to go on to win it and then win world titles, done what he's done, you know, even the domestic titles that he's won. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, it's a shame that he doesn't get the credit. But it'd be one of those, I think. Uh, do you think it, because he spent a lot of his professional career in America, maybe hasn't helped? Perhaps. Because people haven't been to his events and seen him and fallen in love with him that perhaps, way? Perhaps. Perhaps. But I think it'd be one of those. Um, when he does eventually retire, as the time yeah. he does settle, they might be like, you know what, he was a great fighter and we miss him. And I, and I think that would be the case. I, I remember it was a little bit like you, Chris Eubank uh, Senior was a little bit like that. He was a bit mama. You, yeah, you know, right. Some loved him, some hated him. But as the dust settled a little bit before he got back into seeing his son, yeah. everyone started to love him. They yeah, really, yeah. really did love him. And I think it'd be the same with James Agar. Mm. Um, this fight, for me, yeah. just a, just as an observer of boxing, I think it's all on him, and that's that's no shared on on Eubank Junior. I just think Eubank Junior's done incredibly well to get to the level that he's got at without even having a trainer. It's mental, yeah. and you'll hear from him a little bit later on in the show. The pedigree of James DeGale, it is all on him, this fight. Yeah. How this fight plays out is all on him. Whether he wants it enough, whether he's still got it, which a lot of boxing journalists are saying, has he still got it? It's all on him for that 36 well, minutes. Look, the, the, the only reason that this is could be labelled as a 50-50 is because the, James DeGale's better days are, are past him. You could say, you know, he's had some big fights, and he's achieved yeah, what he's achieved. Probably he could switch on the last two fights against yeah, Of course, and the, and, the, and the last couple of fights. But I, I I just think that there's still a little bit left. You know, I honestly do think that he he's the far superior fighter. And I think, like I said, I just think Christian Manning Jr. is the correct opponent for him at this stage of his career. Um, I think it's going to be a great fight. I really do think it's going to live up to the hype. Um, James knows he can't switch off. He can't. Because uh, I guess in some respects he has a little bit of an advantage uh, over some of his previous opponents, like Billy Joe and George Groves because they weren't sure about well they wasn't aware of how strong Eubank finishes James Agar knows if he switches off late he's yeah. going to be under a barrage and I just think we've seen here he switched on I liked what I was seeing being quite technical in there what he's doing he wasn't getting backed up on the rope when he was working on the pads there he was doing everything from the centre of the ring you can still be fighting on the back foot and still be the intelligent boxer but working from the centre of the ring and yeah, yeah I'm impressed you know I, I think it's uh, it's going to it's going to live up to the hype regarding, regarding Eubank Jr what What's his skill set? Because, again, as an observer just watching boxing, he seems to have all the skills that you can't teach. He's got a massive set of nuts. You know? yeah. He can go deep. Yeah. When it gets tough, he ain't going anywhere. He'll never quit. But he just maybe lacks a little bit of the, the finesse of boxing. He's a fighter rather than a boxer. Yeah. Look, I, I, you've, you've nailed it. I, I think that's, they are his uh, positives. I think they're his strengths. The fact that he's ferocious, he does have a pair on him. You know, he's... Uh, He's always tr in tremendous condition, yeah. but it's not enough. You know, at the top level, at the top level, it's yeah, not yeah. enough. You know, one thing I, I'm very critical of Chris Eubank Jr. is the fact that he doesn't throw a jab. To, you know, it, it, it's them fundamentals, the things. You know, the first shot you are taught as a child, as a kid, or as a man, whatever time you take up boxing, is a jab. because yeah. it sets up everything. It's a range finder. It's hurtful. There's different variations. It's it's such an important shot, and he doesn't throw one, and that's why we see Chris Eubank fall short a lot of times. You know, he's on his front foot, he falls short, and that's because he doesn't throw jab if you fall short and load up against someone like James Agar you're in for a long tough night and you could be made to look silly it's going to be interesting because he has now employed a trainer for the first yeah. time in his professional career in Nervous Squares it's going to be interesting 
to see that dynamic because he seems a very headstrong kid does mm. Eubank Jr doesn't he he doesn't really take any notice of anything else he does it his own way it's going to be interesting if he can take instruction yeah I think so we'll see how we'll see how good a fighter um, Chris Eubank Jr is if he's able if he's got the boxing savvy mm. to be able to listen to his new coach it, he may be though he's only young he may be too long in the tooth now he may have been doing his own thing for so long that he's not able to change mm. that's that's the problem one thing which is for sure like I'll just say again there we'll find out how good he is if he's able to listen to instructions like if I'm this new coach of Christian Mac Jr I'm going to teach him how to throw a jab mm. if he can't throw a jab in the ring against Sam Degau you're getting beat simple as that and then for the loser of this fight what next um, I think for both men a loss is look, potentially career ending yeah I, well it is I think for James Degau achieving what he's achieved um, it would be it, it would be the end I think it would be the end for, for him and look he can hold his head up high uh, and he can be extremely proud of his career if he Disappointed, uh, disappointed beyond belief. I mean, yeah, it yeah, yeah. really, really planned his mind for a long time. But still, we'll look back and say, look what great career he's had. But for Chris Eubank Jr., I mean, I, I personally think he probably could come again. They have to do a lot of rebuilding. I don't think many people will take him serious after mm. the defeats to Billy Joe and Jules Grove. Uh, and then if he was to lose again against uh, James Agar in, if he was to leave in the, uh, lose in the manner of the way that James is predicting, where it could be a masterclass, yeah, yeah. then it's going to be a struggle. He won't want to drop down, uh, back down to domestic level, but he'd have to. You know, he couldn't go jump straight in a, into a big or, fight. Or even weight as well, because let's be honest, for me he's a middleweight. He is a middleweight. Look, he, I, don't, I wouldn't even say he was the biggest puncher at middle. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I think he deserved respect. Uh, his power deserved respect at middleweight, but I wouldn't say he was concussive, no. knockout uh, artist. Uh, he certainly isn't uh, uh, super middle. Um, so yeah, maybe a drop down in weight and, and start calling out some of the, the big guys there but the it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. You know, they're both talking a good game, and yeah, I can't wait. No, I really can't wait. It's going to be a great wait. fight. And we've got a great undercard as well to talk about. Joe Joyce has got a great fight, hasn't he, against yes. Vermeer Stavern? Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. We're going to be speaking to James DeGale next. Do stick with us. You're listening to TalkSport Fight Night. Uh, you listen to TalkSport Fight Night. I'm Adam Catterall. Uh, Darren Barker alongside me for the show. Hello. And we are being joined now by James Not So Chunky. Yeah, uh, I've just seen the abs. What's that? It is head? crazy stuff. He's just been tugging into a Mars bar, hasn't he? <laughs> he's, he's had two Mars bars and the abs are looking good. I need that diet. It just proves you how seriously I've taken this fight. How seriously I've taken you, man. I ain't messing around. A lot of people say... I don't live the life. A lot of people say I'm a party boy. A lot of people, these people don't have a clue. And on the 23rd, next week, next Saturday, it's going to be a fantastic night. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. I'm going to be proving that that was wrong. The haters, everyone that doubts me, all the people that say, oh, no, he's shot. He's over. That's the most hurtful bit when they say, I'm yeah. over the hill. I'm 33 years of age, Steve. So I'm saying I'm 30. I'm a young, 33, you know. Is that the thing that's driving you? Because that has a lot of people have been just saying that, haven't they? Obviously the glory, yeah. And yeah, to prove the doubt and hate is wrong, yeah. The doubt. Play, playing you know devil's advocate, right? Yeah. For those who are saying you're over the hill, how do you know you're not? Because from training, sparring, uh, 
and listen, I sound like a parrot and keep on going. Honestly, bro, I fe- bro, I'm getting fed up of myself. I said, before, I'm getting fed up of repeating myself. I can only give you answers, the questions you're answering. It's like, bro, see, for the last three years, you don't know what I've been through, honestly. I, I was boxing for three years with Achilles tendonitis. Achilles tendonitis. Didn't even know I had it. I, d- I thought I was just training hard. And I was going, ah. Oh. But that affected my movement, my angles, my, my, my levels, and obviously my shoulder. What, what was wrong with my shoulder? was crazy and it took a long long it took me nearly two years to make this shoulder feel normal again but let's stop talking about injuries my fault, I'm not problem with it, but I just have to tell you that it's crazy so yeah I've been it's been so frustrating this is this, so for me this is the best shape I've seen you in mm. at this stage of a camp yeah of course I'm 10 days out I'm five pound over Darren you know what it's like about making weight and making a certain not weight. anymore but, anyway. yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've had three miles bars <laughs> but uh, no like I just feel great just physically and mentally I feel great and I always say mind, body and soul and I can honestly say you know Adam it's not It's not just I'm just saying it because you normally hear fighters go I'm in the, in the best shape I'm yeah. in I'm honestly but you don't but you don't see me we, we can physically see it the though, movement yeah. physically in good shape switched like, on switched on the jab squats, the combination bam I'm hitting a lot harder I think that's what a lot of people are saying as well for me uh, and I'm not just saying it because you're here you're the far superior boxer everyone knows that and I yeah. think a lot of people are saying you know for for uh, an opponent to be able to beat yourself yeah. you've got to be able to throw a jab and I think you know we've seen with Chris Jimmy, he don't throw a jab does he he really really struggles he struggles with the basics the basics, as I say, he looks fantastic when a fighter stands in front of him, and he likes it when fighters throw with him because he's pretty fast. He can dig a little bit, like, but he's athletic, like he's on it like that. But you show him basics of boxing, and he struggles. If you can move your feet, you can throw a good jab, a nice sharp backhand, mm. you win the fight. And that's and it sounds so simple, yeah. right? Honestly, right? It does sound simple. And you've you've made that your trait throughout your yeah. whole career, yeah. yeah. But again, yeah. I'll throw a little bit of shade your way because some fights I think that you've found quite easy. Like you've had, yeah. you've been in there four rounds, five rounds, and then you go for a little bit of a walk. Yeah, I know, I know. I've, that's 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 because you're my, but, uh, yeah. That's been my issue from the day I turned pro. <laughs> it's a long, do you know what? It's a long, long time. Thirty-six minutes, you know. I don't know. It's a long time. So that's what we've been trying to work on as well. My concentration, but in life in general, I'm like that. I'm a bit dopey. My concentration's all over the place. People are talking to me. I'm not listening to them. And sometimes it it shows in the ring. Is it because you are finding it easy? Is that what it is? Because you're you thinking there's no... Style, it probably looks a lot easier than it is. It looks a lot easier because my style's like that. And I'm not getting hit and whatever, but... Yeah. So with this one, so with him, you know, you understand you got to stay switched on oh. for the full 12 rounds. And I yeah, guess... He's you have you have on that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah of And, and I think one thing you can have in your favour, I guess, is those... The fights that um, Eubank has had against Billy Joe and George Grove, yeah. you see that he comes on late, doesn't he? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I guess in, in some ways... You know that you got to stay switched on. You got you can't switch off for, for one me, second, one see, round. I've got to be switched on. I've got to show discipline. I've got to be fit. 
got to keep it simple, and keep it basic, and I beat him. I promise you, I've just got to be fit, I, show my discipline, and I'll be all right in the And against uh, Caleb Trucks as well, I guess you, there can't be moments in this fight that you've done in that fight where you just you did yeah. like, you did switch off, you, you laid on the ropes yeah. a little bit, yeah, you allowed him to... I had to you invited, I could, him, yeah. invited pressure, didn't you? Of course. In this fight, I can't do that because that's where he's going to have his success. But I'll tell you how this fight's going to go. This will be a 12-round schooling, yeah? But he is going to have probably a couple moments in the fight where, do you know what I'm saying? It's a 12-round fight where he has a little bit yeah, yeah. of success, but it won't be much. This should be a convincing win for me. Regarding the uh, Truax fight, how do you look back at that now? Because it's quite obvious that you came back a little bit too quick from injury, yeah? Way too quick. And even, and even a second fight was too quick. Um, my shoulder, my Achilles, everything. But I, and your I, nose. Give, and the I, nose. I, 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 <laughs> but give me a bit of credit. I lost my world title in a horrible, disgusting, it was, I couldn't even, it was embarrassing that performance. Four months later, I come back, not feeling good, uh, not feeling good on, or, or still not really healthy. In America. In America. Yeah. And I won my title back. So, yeah. So, give me a, give me a, give me a title. Mate, your legacy sorted, mate. Ooh. Olympic gold medalist, yeah. two-time world champion. It's oh, done. It's done. Yeah, yeah. So, what's, so, what's left? That's what I'm saying. Uh, last couple fights, like, I'm sitting real, real nice now. Like, as I say, I've got this fight. I know I'm going to win this fight. After this fight, I may be knocking on the head. After this fight, I may have one more fight. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, but you could I be your last fight. It could be. I don't yeah. Really, look, I'm not, a, lot, a lot of people have been saying that I'm only doing this for the payday. It's one more fight and it's my pension. Bro, are you not stupid? Like, I, I am. I am. I'm a proud boy. He knows I'm. I'll never let. You know what I'm saying I won't go into a fight like that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm a proper fighting man. That will never happen. But listen to me. My trophy cabinet is mad. Trust me. The two world time Olympic yeah, is crazy. A bank balance ain't that bad even now. It's all right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So really now, I want the last couple fights. Just for I call them legacy fights. So like last couple fights, yeah. people go. Do you know what I remember? JD. Yeah, he boxed you, bang, he beat him. Yeah, uh, and that's it. And then uh, on the flip side, because you said it before, this is the reti- a retirement fight. Do you do you honestly think if he loses, that's it? He's done. He's done. D, where does he go? Yeah. Like he's this is third chance at, at the top at level. At the top mm-hmm. level, the proper level. He lost to Billy Joe. A good fight, a better yeah. fight, but Billy Joe too, because he won't really fit Billy Joe. The fight with Groves, the second time he stepped up, he got shown levels. Obviously, he had, he had, he had moments. He made it competitive, but Eubanks that kind of fight. He mixed it with the best, but he won't, probably won't beat the best. Yeah. And this time, once again, this is his last chance. When he when he when he loses to me, where does he go? You look. Both of you tell me. Where does he go? It's hard. It's hard one. Yeah, because he he won't want to drop down, will he? A level, but I'm guessing he'll have to. Because what yeah. fights he going to have at the top level? Once yeah. he's been exposed well, three I've times. Heard him, I've heard him. i a couple of interviews. He's saying that uh, he's gonna move down in weight. Is a is a possibility. So. But I don't know. We'll see. It probably his excuse after this fight would probably be I'm middleweight. I'm gonna go back down to middle. I'm gonna try and win a world title there. But let me tell you something. Let's not. I'm not gonna sit here and run him and cuss him whatever. But there is levels to box. I know we hear that a lot. But this 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 guy. If 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 I'm not at my best or near my best. This is a real, real difficult fight because he is tough. His game, he don't mind if it gets hard. He don't mind if it's bloody. He don't mind. You know what I'm saying? He's my them fighters. But my boxing ability, boxing IQ, 
my experience, my pedigree. Come on, just look at it. Look at it all. I'm far too good for him. Who, who is the better looking, by the way? <laughs> Me or him? <laughs> you you, you want to see this look, come and give it down. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. What? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Have confidence in your ability. Believe you're the best. The better looking than me. <laughs> what was it like doing the TV show? The sitting down. You've done many of them in your time, obviously. Yeah, sitting yeah. across and giving it, giving it the yeah. chat. Oh, it annoyed me a little bit, but uh, yeah, as I say, he's, he's just a, he's, he, I feel just a lot. But he's deluded. Like he is deluded. Like he's done nothing in boxing. He needs to put some respect on my name. That's what he needs to do. But as I say, this is why this fight is so big because this is his chance, his last chance, because this is his only way into the big time again. This is if he could beat me, this is time, this is way into the big into the big league again. And uh, yeah, this is. I know, I know we're obviously encouraging people to come and listen to this on the radio because we've got live exclusive commentary of uh, what you're doing. But how much of a thrill is it as well? Because with our kid growing up in the nineties. Boxing was on ITV, man. Boxing was on ITV. Yeah, Saturday night ITV. Yeah. For them to give you the showcase, to yeah. say, right, this is this is how yeah. we launch our platform. It's Much, brilliant. It was great. Yeah, it, it is. It is fantastic. I, I remember watching uh, Ben and Eubank. Man, crazy. Like Naz and Naz, Nazi, man. One, one of my favourites, Prince Nazi. Uh, so yeah, no. Listen, it's wicked. It's on. It's on ITV. And uh, the, the link up with Al Heyman and ITV, I think it's going to do well. Mm. They've just signed a three-year deal, so. But I say this is the start of things to come. Start what was it? Come. Friday fight night. Yeah, one. Wicked, right. yeah, yeah. Great, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Great days. Yeah. What have you got for the ring walk? Ring walk. Uh, Who, who's wrapping you in? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to do a little save, but I don't know. If I, if I, if I weren't working, mate. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Rapper Darren. <laughs> no, but, uh, now I'm going to see. I think I've got my original chat right above it, but I'm going to know, maybe switch up. Yeah. Let's see, yeah. yeah. <laughs> James, thanks, mate. Nah, no, Top man. Enjoy, you, man. Enjoy the last yeah, week. Uh, you're listening to TalkSport Fight Night. Do stick with us. Plenty more to come. I know what Chris Shubank's about. He's tough, he's strong, he's game, but he's limited. He's been stepped up twice and he's lost twice. Only a madman would underestimate me, so I believe that he's going to be fully focused. I think this is going to be the best James DeGale that we've seen for this fight because he knows if it's not, then he's in, he's in a world of pain. Decision and now the new super middleweight champion, Chunky James DeGale. Your winner by TKO, Chris Next Gen Eubank Jr. Are you listening to Fight Night on Talksport? We're on location. Um, we are in North West London. Give me exact North, North West London. Yeah, right near Wembley. That's it. Give me the exact uh, geo location there, mate. <laughs> I'll drop uh, a pin, mate. That's it. Uh, we've uh, we've just been speaking to uh, James DeGale ahead of his fight that we got live on Talksport, uh, and the man masterminding uh, the fight is with us uh, right now. Jim McDonald, how are you, mate? All good, my friend. All good. I don't want to talk boxing first. I want to talk running. That's what I want to talk about, man. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer's a keen runner. He's just done. What did you do? How 
half marathon, did you? In Barcelona, he was in the half marathon at Barcelona at the weekend. He's been doing a few. He's after a few tips because he's, a, he's astounded. 2.49 is your record time for a marathon. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I've, I've done seven of them, I'm proud to say, and I've done them all under three hours. So, uh, all seven under three hours? It's incredible, yeah, yeah, it? seven under three hours. Well, I remember when I first turned pro with Tony Sims, Jimmy was there. You had a few yeah. fights, didn't you? Tackaloo yeah. and all that. Yeah. Jimmy used to come on the track and do the 800 metres. He'd obliterate everyone. Everyone. Just keep going at 400, 800. Nobody likes to show off, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have, you, have you always been into running? Has it always been your thing? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I've had a good, good little format with running. I've, like, I, mem- I, I remember uh, Mel McAndrew used to train for me as well. Yeah. She ended up breaking three hours for the marathon as well through training. Yeah, she did, didn't she? I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Yeah, if you speak to Mel, she'll tell you. He's like... And again, through like just getting out and, and putting the money in hard work, dedication, isn't it? That's mad. Yeah, but you've got to have some natural talent to be able to do yeah, under three hours. I, I, I mean, if I rocked up, I ain't doing three hours. Yeah, my, funny enough, my background at school I was cross country runner. I used to win it, but I was a footballer. I played at Watford for four years. Like, I was boxing and football at the highest level, and I was juggling two sports for years. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've always been been able to run whether it's for the ball or, or training for fights. <laughs> What's your time? Hey, what's your time? What's my your time? Your marathon time? My, my, my time? On. I could never do twenty six miles. Never with my, with my hips. No time. I reckon I would have got near it, but yeah. I wasn't a bad runner, and I think that's why I, I done my hips because uh, very flat footed though. Very flat footed. I'm usually running away from someone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this fight um, on the twenty third. It's an absolute massive fight. We've just spoken to James, and this is the best shape I've seen him in at this stage of camp. Ever, I think. Even when he was world champion, even Olympics. This is this is the best I've seen him. Uh, Weight-wise, not so chunky. The, the abs are out and everything. The best way I can describe James DeGale is James DeGale is a buzz fighter. And in his whole career, I've never seen him buzz for a fight like this one. And then he's boxed for world titles. This fight to James, honestly, he is on it. He is on it like a car bonnet, please believe me. <laughs> But so not, not just physically, then his attitude as well. Yeah, just like his whole feeling. Like, I'm waiting for James. He's, caught, he's not knocking on my door. I think, what? <laughs> he's there before me. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. He is so on this fight. And like, I'm going to say it right now. You're going to see a mega performance. I can see what he's doing. You can see his body shape. If you watch him, some of the sparring, I took him to Miami the other week, and he sparred 34, 35 rounds. In a couple of, like, he was unreal. And like, he never had a mark on him. Honestly, like, I'm just looking forward to the performance. Because um, a lot of people are probably writing James off and thinking, ah, oh, this, that, this, that. But I can say it, he, he's been injured. He's had Achilles problems. He's had like problems with his, with his, um, with his not with his hand, with his shoulder. Yeah. I swear that he's, had, he's got a clear tick on both of them now. And in training, he's hitting the numbers that he was hitting when he beat Badu Jack and all them guys. Have you had to train, change, uh, train round those injuries, though? Yeah. Have you had to do things differently? For the, for, the, for the fight with um, Truex and that, I had to change things. I spoke, actually spoke to Darren himself, like, getting things in the swimming pool mm. and, like, just mixing it up different and, like, doing more sparring than he normally does, like, to get that sparring yeah. fitness and that and, and doing more endurance sparring, like, longer rounds in a, in, in a sparring gym, in, in a sparring ring. And, uh, but for this fight, it's the first time in probably two years where I've seen him injury-free and his performances at AFC. In Miami, he was brilliant. He's bad, like I say... 
a lot of rounds out there with some class fighters and uh, back over here brought some good boys in and he's hit the numbers and uh, he'll sit on the night but well, he this, it was good this gets me excited right mm-hmm. because if I think about the super middleweight division right now obviously Callum Smith's champion doing his thing and we've got the guys over in America as champions right George has just retired so you're looking around for those big domestic fights I'm looking yeah. around for him I'm thinking well James is probably going to pack it in soon and all this type of stuff but listening to you talk listening to him talk I'm thinking hey oh he's here <laughs> you know what I mean gets me excited again because out of them all boxing technique wise he's probably the best out of the lot yeah, I, I, and if he's got the bit between his teeth mate come on I, I'll say this like, particularly with this fight the facts don't lie if you're an Olympic gold medalist you can box <laughs> yeah well I was just saying just to, just to get selected just yeah. to qualify for the Olympics to get is a selected feat. for the Olympics is unreal to get selected to go and win an Olympic gold medal <laughs> it doesn't sound right you know, that is incredible that is incredible and we were saying there wouldn't we you know that, that aside technique aside and ability aside this is the right opponent yeah. for James at this stage yeah. of his career isn't it yeah. you know there's that bit of needle yeah. and we know that they don't like each other and James Agar does not and will not want to lose to Chris no. Eubank really no, James Agar's a competitor and like I've had murders with him over the years we've run him with like lifting this lifting that pulling this pulling that pushing this pushing that he's so competitive it's unbelievable and you know on the night you'll see it he's, it ain't like he's fighting Truex where there was no buzz no it was like a night's work trained physically but me- as Darren said mentally there was no challenge it was it was just getting into the job yeah, yeah. for this fight his body and soul both in it together mm. and mentally it's the best I've seen James Agar for a long, long time on that mental side Jim because we, just, we brought this up with him whenever I've watched him in the past four rounds in he's cruising he's having a whale of a time goes for a little bit of wonder in the middle rounds you know what I mean that mental side in this fight is going to be crucial isn't it because for, for us and, and you know we'll, we'll probably say the exact same thing to Chris Hugh Bank Jr. is that this is all in James' hands. The, on paper, as boxers, he's the better boxer. And it's all in his hands. If he goes for a walk in the middle of rounds, though, that allows you Bank Jr. in, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've got a game plan. We've got a few things that you know, Bank Jr.'s got a little bit of a surprise with. I won't put it on, on here. But, yeah, I think if, if, you look at the, if you look at the facts and the stats, then what you're saying is 100% true. And I always say a good boxer beats a good fighter any time. Any, any, any day of the week, anyone who knows boxing will tell you a good boxer beats a good fighter. You make a good fighter, but James is a brilliant boxer. And, uh, and on the night, the, the stats will add up and you'll, you'll, see, you'll see a quality performance. You can hear him in the background, James. He is buzzing. <laughs> He's buzzing, isn't he? Joe, you know what I see? You've known him a long time. Have you seen yeah. him like this? Yeah, no, Building up to fight no, week? No, I, I haven't, if I'm deadly honest. And I'm not just saying that because it's quite honestly. It just seems, you know, it's the run in the mill training camp etc yeah. don't get me wrong he, he's, he's, he's got he's a big character James isn't yeah. he? he's, all, he's full of energy all the time but yeah. you can see when he's flat he certainly isn't in this fight you know there was one point there, I don't know if it was just me imagining it but it looked like he was he, he put his hands up as if he was visualising winning the fight I think he hit the pads a couple of times and yeah. he put his hands up and looks in the mirror but, you know he's visualising that, that moment yeah. on fight night winning uh, for me I just think you know, we we were talking then a couple of couple of us saying that it could be similar to sort of Calzaghe, Jeff Lacey. Don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Eubank Jr. in the same bracket as Lacey, yeah. who was this feared man when Joe fought him. But the fact that Joe was sort of past his prime, was carrying injuries, and then just put on his masterclass, yeah. I think it could be similar. I've just listened to what Darren's saying, and I'll have to agree with that. It's a great analysis, it's a great summing up, and it's exactly what's going to happen. That's why we're giving him a job, man. That's what he's, <laughs> he's talking about. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know much else. 
<laughs> if that was a boxing match, a knockout. <laughs> Listen, before we let you clear off, when's the next marathon? When's, it, when's your next one? Oh, you know what? I'm always going to do it, but every year something pops up. I've been in America, I've been in because I need 10 weeks to get ready for a marathon. Training camp? Is that it? Training camp? I'm on them runs and I've got to run. Yeah, I swear to you, one thing I do in a training camp for a marathon, people go, why do you do that? I do one run, which is my 15-round spot. I run for four hours. And people go, why do you run four hours if you run it under three? I mean, because when I'm on the start of that line, I look at I think to myself, it's only three hours. It's a mindset. I do, I do put the miles in when I do that marathon. So. But it, I'm telling you now, yeah. being in that gym with Jim, trust me, no one trains their harder, uh, fighters harder than you do. I'm telling you now, any single person who's trained by Jim, you know they're fit. Let me tell you that. He got me doing some mad circuit once. It was I can't remember what it was, but it involved. Yeah, it was just it was it was horrible. Like you know, yeah. sort of. I don't think. It. Go on, describe it. It, would, it was a lot of burpees, a lot of tuck jumps, a lot of everything. But it was hard. Is that that thing that you attempted? You you were trying to get me involved with at your gym Possibly. when you were doing a little bit of fitness. Possibly. I've taken a, yeah, I've a fair bit. Of, <laughs> I've taken a fair bit of gym training into my high gym. High tempo now. and a heart rate out of the comfort zone in the red. And in this fight, James has done a lot of high tempo training. And listen, the fight. Paying off because he's looking in mint mm. Looks in. Really I'm telling you now, people have, oh, people have all got the wrong idea about this fight. The faster the tempo, the better you'll see James go. I hope you bets comes flying out right from the start. Faster the better. Okay. Oh, he's, sinister, go. he's got a sinister on, smile roll on, on. Roll on. Oh, I can't wait for the fight now <laughs> Jim thanks mate much appreciated uh, you are listening to Talk Sport Fight Night do stick with us because we're going to talk about the undercard in a moment or two This is a fight night on TalkSport. We're on location. Uh, we're at Stonebridge ABC. And a, and a familiar face has just, uh, just rocked on into the gym. Normally not, we not just the face, it's the voice. That's it. That's One it. of the most recognisable voices in we, boxing. We see you normally in New York. Obviously, you do a lot in the UK, but uh, you're, in, uh, you're in North London today. Paulie Malanaji, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. What brings you here? Uh, I'm working, uh, doing some work with James DeGale, uh, helping out Jim McDonald in, uh, in, on, uh, in Camp DeGale. And uh, kind of winding down uh, training camp. We just uh, we spoke to Jim. We spoke to Jim. Jim was enthusiastic, enthusiastic about his boy, wasn't he? He was going crazy, saying. And to be fair, I, I said it right at the start of the show. This is the best mental state and physical state that I've seen James DeGale in for a long period of time. Would you go along with that? Um, I think he feels confident. I think he's excited about this fight too. You know, sometimes later in your career, you you kind of need extra motivation to kind of get into the fight. And and uh, I, I think there's James feels like he, you know he has a chip on his shoulder because he's he's got a lot to prove in terms of people. He doesn't like people writing him off. He feels like he's better than what people are giving him credit for. And people are you know fans can be fickle. One day they're all, they, all, they they have your back, and one day they think you're you're yesterday's news. So so I think he's got the extra motivation to kind of uh, be pushing the the gears a little bit and. Uh, he's passionate about training every day uh, as opposed to when you get older sometimes you're not as passionate and you're not as ready to get up in the morning to get to the gym you know so, <laughs> so you know I, I was very uh, I'm very impressed with James's attitude uh, in this camp and not just the way he's been looking but also his mental state you know he's not just excited about the fight he's excited about training every day he's excited about prepare, preparing for it he's excited about you know talking about it he's, and, uh, and I think that's very important I think that's very important for, where a, fi- for a fighter who's going into a big fight like this if, if everything that I'm learning today anyway from, from Camp de Gale comes into fruition on the 23rd it's an exciting time for that super middleweight division because I thought that he was and I'm one of those people that watched those Truex fights and I thought to myself maybe the best days of James de Gale have gone but from what I'm hearing here 
there's plenty more in the tank, then. Well, you know, here's the thing. You're, you're never going to find the fountain of youth. You're never going to find the, the Gale who won the gold medal or even the guy who beat Darrell the first time around for his first world title. But um, here's the thing that I can tell you. James DeGale also wasn't... One say one himself was you gotta give Troy, you have to give Trex credit for the first win, but the second fight also a lot a lot of things conditioned that fight because there was a game plan and James was prepared for it and once the cut came and Robert Bird blew the call and called it from a headbutt and not a punch, it forced you to throw the the game plan out the window because now if the fight gets stopped on a cut, you now lose on a TKO as opposed to the way it should have been you lose on a technical decision. So James could no longer box the way he needed to. He had to kind of push things. He had to rush things. Um, he, and he has to push it with blood in his eye where you're walking into shots at times. You know, now you have to totally throw out everything you prepared for because this referee blew the call. You know, so so I, I it almost it's almost a shame because you don't get a proper gauge of the adjustments James would have made in the, in the Truex rematch because of that blown call. Uh, we got through it and we got through it uh, with with the world title. But I think people are still. Um, keeping that in mind, and now they're seeing the last two fights, and they're saying, "Oh well, maybe you know, as you said, you know, maybe it's not the same guy anymore." I'll tell you this: you're not going to find the DeGale who won the gold, the world title the first time with a gold medal, but you're all going to find a, a, a better James DeGale than you did in the last two fights. There's there's more there than you think. There's there's also not a, not as little there as as you, as you think either. You know what I'm saying? There's, it's, it's somewhere in the middle. And with James's attitude and, and right game planning, I think I think he's in. He's ready for a, a, to put in a solid performance. Thing. Yeah, and I, and I, I do think it's the fact that it's Chris Eubank Jr. Because there's the bad blood, I think it's bringing out that extra, yeah. extra percentage out of James Gale. We were talking there. I know he's saying that he's a million dollars and there's more fights there. I don't know if there's another fight that could get him up for, I don't know, this sort of peak condition. Well, you know what I, mean? I, I think this is the perfect fight for James Gale. I is, agree with you in that way. I think he, he, it takes all the boxes as yeah. far as where, where, where he wants to be mentally and physically. But I'll tell you what. Not looking past past Eubank because he's not looking past Eubank. Honestly, he's no. talking about it like there's no tomorrow. If you lose this fight, you retire. So, so he's. I, I love that he's in the moment. I love mm-hmm. he's in the moment, and he's not only in the moment, but he's enjoying the moment. But I'll tell you from my perspective, if you beat a Eubank, you put yourself in the mix for the super middleweight title again, and the super middleweight division is full of young champions who are looking to fill their resumes with big names. And when you are a big name who's had titles in the past, it gives you an opportunity to knock them off. Now, granted, they want to fill your, their resume with your name. Mm. But at the same time, in attempting to do so, you're going to walk into a world title shot. Yeah. And therefore, you can have a chance to capture another world championship. So, I think that could be the motivation when, when you want to pass this test. But, of course, uh, all, it's, all, it's full, speed ahead, full speed ahead for, for the Eubank fight for and, uh, and, and all the concentration is there. Um, regarding that, because we spoke to him about the next steps, don't we? I know that you can't look past this fight with, uh, with Eubank, but that, make, that gets me excited because I genuinely thought that the super middleweight division would be one of those divisions that, like you just said, there's a lot of young, hungry champions in there, but there's no superstar, is there? There's no that world-class superstar. James is the superstar in that division if he's, if he's still competitive at the top level. Yeah, you know, because you have, like, the, the old regime that has uh, guys like Badu Jack moved up in weight, guys like George Gold's retired, you know, so... There's a lot of potential there, so like there, Callum there, Smith there, and people there, like that. There's Callum Smith, who's the new regime. There's Jose, uh, David Benavidez, the yeah. new regime. Caleb Plant is the new regime. But one thing about the new regime, they 
always like to fill their resume with all their names. Now, granted, a lot of times they do. A lot of times that's the way it goes. It's just a part, it's part of the course in boxing. But there are times when you know the older guy also comes in and, and, and knocks the, off the young guy. Regardless, it's part of the course, and it's also it also plays in the hands of both guys because the older guy wants one last shot, and the younger guy wants to fill the resume. So, so it kind of they kind of one hand washes the other in that situation. So I think the winner of of, of James and Eubank. Uh, puts himself in that position, especially with James, who has had a double world champion, a double world champion and Olympic gold medal as is. Oh, imagine, imagine a massive, huge domestic uh, fight it could set up with Callum Smith. Yeah, imagine that. It'd be unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Just a quick one before we let you go, Pulley. The undercard stacked as well. It's an exciting time, an exciting card this um, at the O2. George Joyce, great opportunity. You've just been talking about names on resumes. The men's Verne, former world champion. What an opportunity for Joe to really propel himself into that heavyweight mix. Not just propel himself, because I think Bermain is not looked at as, as, as a top clout kind of guy anymore. But what he is, is a durable guy. What he is, is a guy, aside from Deontay Wilder knocking him out in round one, he's, you know, he, he was the first one to take Deontay 12 yeah, rounds. Yeah. You know? so, so what you're looking for Joe Joyce is some rounds. You know, we, we can't seem to find anybody to give him any rounds. You know? And so I think that's the, the main reason for the Bermain's to run fight here to see if if, if, uh, if Joe Joyce can, can go some rounds and see how he how he looks going rounds. I mean, there's nothing to complain about with Joe Joyce right now. He's doing what he's supposed to. But, of course, if you're managing Joe Joyce and if you're moving his career, you'd just like to see him get a few more rounds because you don't want to see him finally go rounds yeah. when he's already in very deep. Mm. You know, you want to see him get rounds in before that. Do you think so, he's far off world level? I, I don't think he's far off world level. No, I, I, I don't think so at all. But, of course, th- I think that's what everybody's trying to find out before they match him with a, a, in a sink or swim fight. Before they match him in a sink or swim fight, I think they want to see what, what he does with, with once he's in there for yeah. a few rounds, you know? And of course, the, the Douglas and Lee Selby fight is also oh. very interesting, you know? Douglas has been kind of a hard luck guy back in the States. Lee Selby has, you know, uh, kind of grown out of, out of the weight class. He probably grew out of the weight class when he still mm-hmm. was a world champion, so I think it was almost a relief when he finally lost the titles, where he can finally move up in weight. So, I think that's also an underrated fight, because I don't think the, the, the fans here in the UK know how good Douglas is. A lot of fans in America don't know how good Douglas is. Douglas has been uh, a pretty solid guy who just hasn't had found the, the, the right stroke of luck and I think uh, this is a good crossroads battle with him and Selby so it's also another good fight on the card what's your gut instinct though with that because Selby for me was outstanding uh, as a previous world champion but like you say outgrew that weight this is a this again is another exciting time for Lee for that weight category if Lee Selby comes in there and he puts in a wonderful performance my opinion of that fight is honestly it's a no-win situation for Selby like like Douglas is a tough opponent who is not doesn't really have the notoriety for you to get the credit the credit you deserve yeah, for beating him? Yeah, yeah. But good. at the same time, he may beat you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, from, from the Selby perspective, the Douglas fight is not really a, a, a fight that for me makes a lot of sense. You know, for, for Douglas it makes sense, but from the Selby perspective, it does not a fight that makes a lot of sense if if, if your team Selby. But because you know, I'll know you beat a good fighter I'll, if you beat him. But but at the same time, the most of the world is not going to give you the credit you deserve if you beat a guy like that. But but. The guy, like I said, the guy like that is good enough where he may beat you if you don't come correct on the night. Paulie, thanks, man. Thanks for being on the show, man. Much appreciated. Uh, You're listening to TalkSport Fight Night. Do stick with us. Uh, There's uh, lots to get through. Uh, There's a certain fight in New York City in Paulie's hometown to uh, talk about, which was announced this week. Certain Mr. Joshua making his American debut. On DAV Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. 
You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, and uh, Darren Barker. We're on location in North London this week. Northwest. Uh, Northwest London. <laughs> oh, I've got to get exact, have I? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> at Stormbridge ABC. Uh, we've been speaking to James again. If you've missed any part of it, it will be available on the podcast. All right. So you can get that on the TalkSport website or via iTunes. Later on, uh, you'll hear me talking to uh, Mr. Eubank Jr. Uh, in Brighton as the second part of our, uh, uh, our preview to next week's big fight night. Um, on TalkSport February 23rd from the O2 Arena. Now, though, I want to talk about other stuff that's going on in the world of boxing. Is there any, any news broke? Well, <laughs> New York City is uh, the destination in uh, in June, June the 1st, for Anthony Joshua's American debut. Now, Start spreading the news. You're singing it already? You're giving us some Frank already? I like it, mate. Um, Big Baby Miller is the guy that stands across uh, him in the ring. Now, there's... There's several ways that you can look at this fight, yep. and I'll give you my tech on it, and then and, and then you let I'm me know what you think. All right, far away. I think that if we hadn't had the narrative that we would have had leading up to this moment of AJ Miller in New York, yep. I don't think anybody's throwing shade on it at all. I think we all get excited that there was a possibility of AJ versus Wilder, then maybe AJ versus Fury, then maybe AJ versus Dillian Uzi, and it's just gone on for such a long period of time. People have gone, well. Miller's maybe the fourth choice out of those three. I think yeah. if that rhetoric hadn't been there, it's the perfect opponent for an American debut. Exactly, exactly. And Joe, you know though I think Miller's one dimensional, I think he's a good fighter. I think it's a very good one dimension. I think he's good. I think he's tough. He's, he's, a, he's basically a block. He's solid. Uh, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> for those I mean, that don't know, he weighs 300 pounds. 300 pounds. He's a big I mean, old boy, isn't he? One of his legs is bigger than me. <laughs> you know. uh, he's, he's a unit. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's the most concussive puncher out there, but he's uh, sort of... He just doesn't stop. He keeps walking forward. Uh, from what I've seen so far, it looks like he's got a good chin, but he hasn't really been tested. That's it. But he, he has a he has a mouth on him, and he's and he's uh, he'll sell it. He talks himself into a fight. But look, I don't think any of this. Uh, it, look, I don't know the ins and outs, but I, I'm pretty sure um, Andy Joshua will would pretty much fight anyone. I don't know about these rematch clauses, etc. Blah blah. But I've just been a little bit. A little bit disappointed by the fact that everyone's talking about money and not yeah. the, not the chance to be the number one heavyweight in the world. I, I get you've got to get paid, but you've got to remember these guys, AJ included, everyone's going to get paid well anyway. And I just think sometimes just the fact that this is a sport and there's the ultimate prize, you know, the marquee division in in boxing. Mm. To be the number one out there, uh, to be in the in the sort of the, the record books with Tyson Ali, etc., 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 it just it just wound me up a little bit. I just uh, being a boxing purist, a boxing man, it's a little bit unsettling. But we've got the fight. I'm sure there's plenty of Brits that made. There, there's going to be lots that are going to be gutted that it's not a Wembley, but yeah, yeah. there's going to be loads that are going to jump on a plane and and fill out Madison Square Garden. And I know that we've had it. We've had it good here in yep. the UK. Ninety thousand at Wembley Stadium on several occasions and Cardiff and all that. And it is booming here. There's no question that it is booming in the UK. No question. But to be a great, to be one of the very, very best. You go to America, don't you? You go make a name in America. If you want to be a world global superstar, you go and do it in America. Yeah, I, I think so. Against the against the right opponent, of course. Uh, it would have been fighting for all the all the marbles in, in somewhere in the states against Wilder would have been the 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 first choice, I'm sure. Uh, but you know it, what it, you know what this game's like, though. You need to marinate some stuff, don't you? You know what I mean? Do, but the, yeah. it's still there in a year from now, isn't it? 
Well, you never know. Heavyweight boxing, anything can happen. It only takes one punch, mm. uh, and uh, the whole dynamics can change. The good thing is, though, we are talking about heavyweight boxing. There are all these great fighters. You know, we, you know, Tyson Fury. What an amazing! I mean, he was robbed, really, wasn't he? Yeah, of yeah. One of the greatest comebacks ever. It, it, not only in, in, sport, in boxing, yeah. in sport. You know, it was it, it was fantastic. And look, I mean, what a fight that would be! What a fight that would be! AJ Tyson Fury. I mean, there are some still. I mean, there are massive fights. It's just like you say he is essentially fighting fourth fourth choice yeah yeah I'm assuming Uh, but look I don't think AJ is that concerned if I'm honest I mean I don't think he's that bothered uh He's got four of the belts, hasn't he? If you're going to include the IBO, I'm a little bit... I don't know where I stand with that one, if I'm nah. honest. But, um, <laughs> he's, the, he's the main man at the minute. He's defending his belts. He's going to New York. Sure, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure he's not bothered at all. Mm. Can you can you see... Because he's a popular guy. Yeah. A lot of people... It's a different di- demographic that comes out to watch an Anthony Joshua fight. No question about that. Can you see maybe a time where that love starts to maybe fade a touch and maybe the fans maybe turn on him if he doesn't get in the mix with the Wilder or a Fury I think so you know fans are fickle as we know yeah, you know the football fans I'm guilty of it everyone is at times and it's just that eagerness to want to see the two best fight each other whoever you may class or we all class as number two yeah. but I, you know, I don't think it's down to Anthony Joshua not wanting it or the others not wanting it it's just that annoying the business, business side of things that you know, it does my head in, but that's what it is. You know, not this is a sport, but it is a business. You know, um, I think if I think if we just all put it on the back burner and don't expect it to happen, because for me, the, the way that this next twelve months is going to play out, mm-hmm. Anthony's going to New York. You would think because the IBF are pretty sharp with the mandatories. Kubrat Pulev sat there, isn't he, waiting? I think they'll call that on Anthony. Now he's got a choice there. Does he relinquish the belt? I don't think he will. I think he'll take the no, no, fight. No, no. So that'll happen. And then you've also got to think that Wilder and Fury are going to fight each other again. I personally think Fury will win that. And if he does win that, there's a rematch. They have yeah. to rematch because it'll be in the clause, won't it? Yeah. So you might end up getting three Wilder Furies before we see Anthony Joshua getting in the mix with him. It's crazy, yeah. I think uh, a lot of the reasons why we're not seeing these big fights are because of the belts, funny enough. It's become apparent and it's obvious that these guys want to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world so therefore if you've got four you've got one you're going to be careful with who you fight so uh, relinquishing them isn't no, an option at I don't think it will no so that is a stumbling block in negotiations obviously but I don't know I, I, I have faith Fun of, I, I, yeah, I have faith in the sport that it will come good and we will get the fight because most of the time, most of the time we, we do, do get them. We do get them, don't we? Yeah, we do. Whether they're a bit too late, you know, there's been talk of Calm Brook for a long, long time. That was way past, you yeah, know, yeah. even going back myself, me and, and Matthew Macklin, that was only a domestic fight, nowhere near the same calibre as these sort of fights. It was still a fight that never happened. Mm. Uh, but I think most of the time, nine times out of ten, the fights happen. The, mm. we, the fans get what they want and hopefully it's the same this time. Mm. Um, Regarding sanctioning bodies, um, for me at the moment, the IBF is the one that probably has the most credibility. Well, yeah, I'm going to say that, aren't I? (laughs) It's just coincidental that you have one of those belts, mate. (laughs) And I'm I'm bringing that up mainly because of the WBC this week calling for an interim heavyweight uh, championship belt for the Dillian White-Dominic Brazil fight. Now, I've no problem with that being a final eliminator, mandatory position to fight... um, uh, 
Deontay Wilder. But when you've got an active, fit champion, I don't get why you would call for an interim title. No, it's crazy. And another thing I don't understand as well is obviously if that is a f- uh, this eliminate or whatever uh, to become the, the mandatory, etc., then obviously the WBC are receiving in a sanction fee anyway. So why put a belt on there? I get it sometimes that with these intercontinental or I like to call them ranking belts, you, the, the, the governing body yeah, yeah. Uh, are getting a fee. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, they don't need to do it this one. Like you say, when you've got a current active, fresh, fit uh, champion, why, why bother? But look, it's a belt. Yeah, yeah. Someone gets a belt round their waist at the end, and I think that's all it is at the minute. But you know, I'm happy... And I guess proud, and I've got to take my hat off to Dillian White because I do feel for him. You know, he, the way he's rebuilt and the wins he's had, and to still not get a crack at a world title was a shame. Um, but look, he, you, one thing you can't take away from him, he's a fighter. He loves to fight. He doesn't care who it is. He'll get in there with anyone. And you've got to remember, these guys are dangerous. What was the name? We were talking about Brazil, Povetkin. Yeah, yeah. And Ortiz. Who, Ortiz, you know top fighters that you could easily lose and then you're rebuilding all again so look I'll take my hat off to him and I, you know, I'm a fan of Dillian White you know he's, he's a little bit like my mate you love or, love or hate him but yeah hats off to him mm. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and when he does get an opportunity because as we've just been saying there at the top at the top echelon there's a top tier mm. and then there's the other guys just slightly under I mean we've just been speaking about um, Joe Joyce haven't we yeah and he's a guy that wants to get into that mix so you'd yeah. think that Dillian's the front runner with the likes of Ortiz with the likes of Pavecki yeah. with the likes of these guys that are underneath the top boys in Fury Wilder and Josh and you think to yourself rather than throw shade on all that it's actually quite exciting because, of, because of some amazing fights do you there. know what I've had I think for me it's split into two halves I yeah. think the, the top three are, uh, are standing on their own at the minute and then if I'm deadly honest and this is not being too hard on Dillian White I think there is a gap yes. between third and fourth I, I've, I personally have White fourth place I have Fury second uh, Wilder third and then I'll have White but I do think there's a gap but you do have that crop of fighters there Pavetkin, Ortiz etc 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 who I mean around Robin with them you're going to be over the moon you're going to be buzzing you know, they're going to put bums on seats um, but again I'll always go back to the fact that we're talking about the heavyweight division is so refreshing yeah, you know, yeah. it is becoming again the marquee division and on last week's show we had Josie Parker on and he was talking about setting up a fight with Derek Chisora mm. Derek Chisora he come, let's say Joseph Parker comes through that I mean this is a guy that we've wrote off last year because yeah. he fought Joshua he got, he got beat in that fight and he got beat in a fight against Dillian White we've, he's gone yeah. but if he comes back and beats Derek Chisora then all of a sudden maybe the rematch with Dillian White I think it's, it's the manner of, of, the, of defeat it's the way you lose fights and you know he did lose uh, a lot of the rounds against AJ uh, he had good moments uh, against White well, so I've he's said never been completely scored or no, no, made no. to look silly if so there's another three minutes in the White fight I think he wins it, it there you go he so out, didn't he, th- there's no just a disgrace in the way he lost his fight so he'll always be in the mix you know he's only ever probably one or two big wins away from fighting for a title himself you know because there's only so many guys mm. so you never you never know the whole heavyweight division is like that isn't it you're one or two away from being in that mix I, I'm one or two Mars bars away from being in that mix <laughs> it cruiser <laughs> uh, do stick with you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport still a bit to come uh, before we hear from Chris Eubank Jr. in the last hour of the show on DAV Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport hey, you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport we are in Brighton with the Lord Mayor of Brighton, Mr. Chris Eubank Jr., how are you? That's, that's kind of you to say. Um, 
I'm very great. I'm very good. I'm very. Uh, I'm very happy. I'm very focused. Feeling strong, fit, on weight already. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot wait to get into that ring. Before we talk fighting, I have got to talk about that lovely piece of uh, motor vehicle that is outside this this building at this moment in time. Obviously, it's, we're doing this conversation on Valentine's Day. You've got to take me for a spin later on. We've got to go cruising down <laughs> downtown. That's a serious piece of kit, that, mate. It is. It is. The McLaren 720S. Um, one of the fastest street legal vehicles in the world. Have you always been a car man? I have. Yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah, last year I had uh, the Bentley. Yeah. Wanted something a little bit faster, so... I got that a few weeks ago. The um, thing is, though, I know it goes quick, but that's a cruiser's car, that man. That's like windows down. It's just it's a it's a proper motor, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's 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 that, British. That's a ten mile an hour car. You've got to, everybody's <laughs> got to see it. Everybody's got to see it. Yeah, it's 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 British British engineering at its finest. Mm. The color obviously stands out. Um, the horsepower, the, the the top speed, everything is just is class. The doors. Um, it's kind of it represents really what I am in, in terms of boxing. I think it's as fast as sexy. It stands out, <laughs> yeah. you know. Fast and sexy. That's that's, that's, that's what I'm that's talking to today. It. Fast and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's talk about the fight. It's a it's an amazing fight. And to be fair, for a lot of fight fans, it's the fight that kicks off this year because it's been a bit of a slow start. Feb 23rd or two, two big names in British boxing going at it, and what. First of all, what a great night for the fans. It's a fight that we've wanted for a long period of time. I know that you've wanted that for a long period of time. You must be, um, I don't want to say thankful, because thankful is the wrong word, but you must be delighted that we're at this point now where you get to showcase your talents, your new talents that we'll talk about in a minute with Nate on February the 23rd. This is a fight that I've been wanting and calling for for years. Mm. So for it to finally be here, for the training camp to be pretty much over and done with, uh, it's a great feeling knowing that the hard work and the and the effort uh, ha- that's been put in is is finally going to pay off, and I finally get to show everybody um, the new me. Um, there are still the the non-believers, the doubters. This is the fight that um, can shut a few of those guys up, mm. earn me a few more fans, and. Uh, and win back any of the fans that I may have lost over the last year. Um, I have to win. Re- regarding, I mean, last time we spoke on the phone, I, I paid you a compliment in the fact that it takes a big man to see in themselves what needs to be added to their arsenal. And it's your decision to obviously go, I mean, you've got to this stage without having a trainer, okay? And to take that decision and go, okay, for me to now go to the next level... I need to bring somebody in. Was it an easy decision to bring in there? Um, no. Listen, training your entire career uh, without without a real full-time trainer. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, listen, I've had my father, Ronnie Davis, around me for my entire career, but they haven't been full-time trainers, you know. Um, they've guided me, they've advised me, but that's different to having someone that's working day in, day out with you to... To strategize and 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 create a, a game plan to beat a, a specific fighter. Yes, I've never really had that. Um, so it did take. It was difficult to 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 sit down and think. You know what? I'm going to have to 
I'm going to have to change things up. At 29 years old, this is hard because you, you've gone your whole career doing one thing and now you're all of a sudden going to change. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's definitely taken some getting used to, um, especially having Nate and my head sparring partner, Dennis, living with me. I've lived alone since I was 19 years old. Um, and now I've got two dudes living in my house, waking up, seeing them every morning. It was kind of, it was weird. It was getting, you know, I had, I had to get used to it. But I see the benefits of having that focus around mm-hmm. me, you know. Um, people keep asking me, do you wish you'd done it before? Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I regret not having a trainer before because you know, I've had so much success. I've had so many great fights throughout my career. Um, and I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, this was the right time to do it. Uh, I've, I've had, I've had, I've had a lot of success in the sport, but there is so much more that I want to achieve. Um, and I believe having this focus now, this new focus, mm. will enable me to reach those goals. Those goals, I assume, include um, world championships. And if we're really honest, February twenty third, if you beat. A two-time world champion. When I beat him. An Olympic gold medalist. Then that then opens the door for a Keller plan. That whatever route for those super middleweights, it propels your name into real serious conversations of Plan, Smith, all these other guys that are currently holding world championships. That is the reason why uh, that's the reason why I'm here. That's the reason why I'm in the sport. To be at uh, to get to a level where I can go and challenge four world titles. Beating James DeGale puts me in that position, back on top, uh, able to go then and, and challenge and call out these top fighters that have these belts. Um, that's the position I want to be in, and I have to beat James DeGale to do that. What do you see in his, in his arsenal at this moment in time where you can take advantage? Listen, James is uh, he's an experienced, proven fighter former world, world, uh, world champion, former Olympic gold medalist. You can't take a man like that lightly. Um, but I just believe that I've got, I've got more in the tank. I believe I'm, I want this more. Um, I believe this fight means more to me than it does to him. Um, I, just, I just don't see how he can beat me the way I am, the way, the focus that I have, the dedication that I have. This is the, this is the most focused, this is the most up for, up for it fight I've ever had. I'm, I'm so up for this. Um, it's hard not to get up for this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, even as fight fans, we're sat here going, come on, man, we're just watching the clock tick it over, let's get it on. Yeah, this is, this really is uh, the biggest fight of my career, so I'm going to go in there and do the business. How, um, how did how did you did you did you enjoy the the face-offs the get the, you know all the media work that you have to do for the, for a, a fight of this magnitude when you sat across from yeah. your opponent? Yeah, you, you learn a lot when you do that that type of stuff, sitting across, talking and and listening to how he's saying certain things and watching his mannerisms, his body language. Um, I, I I got a lot from that. He's he's very uncomfortable around me. I can I, I rattled him on multiple occasions, um, and that shows mental weakness. Uh, so, if he's bringing that into the ring, then I'm going to exploit it. Because if you're if you're going into the ring with the wrong mindset, you're going to make mistakes. Mm. You're going to do things that you shouldn't do. Um, 
he doesn't like me, he hates me. Uh, if he brings that hatred into the ring, um, he's gonna he's gonna slip up. He's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch him slipping, as they say on the streets. <laughs> when um, one one thing that you have brought up in, when you've been around him in conversation is that he has used the word retire. He has used that that the loser of this fight has to retire. And I've said previously on various shows that when a fighter is already talking about that but they're still active, it's a very dangerous place to be because mindset-wise you might already be half out the game if that makes sense. Do you see that as well when he's talking like that? It could be seen as that. It, this, it could all be a mind game. I, I, I wouldn't put it past the guy to, to be saying all these things to make me think, oh, he's thinking about retiring. Uh, maybe maybe I don't need to train hard today. You know, he's probably just chilling. Listen, this guy is is training his ass off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all this talk of retirement, I think he's trying to he's trying to downplay the fact that um, he, he 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 badly wants to win. He's going to do everything in his power to win. Um, he's, he's talking about retirement, but I don't think he's really sitting there thinking about it. I think he's just. So it's a mind game. That's what fighters do. They they say things to get you thinking. Uh, I'm not playing into that. I'm not. I'm not worrying about what he's saying. Um, retirement, losing, all those, all those thought processes are not in my mind. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is focusing what I got to do to win. Now, <clears throat> as well as obviously doing the business in the ring. You gain a lot of fans because of you do bring the showbiz. I like that, you know. That's why I'm. I, that's what I fell in love with in the '90s when I started watching the sport. You fall in love with fighters that bring showbiz. Come on, man. What have you got lined up for me on uh, on uh, on February 23rd? Ring walks. You must have something because I can see a cheeky little grin there. You, yeah, you, no, you're feeling it. You're ready for something. Yeah, but, but listen. That's that's why <laughs> I'm. Uh, that's why I'm. That's why I'm so known in the game because I'm not just your everyday fighter. Some guys they just go in there, they throw their punches, thanks, good night, that's it. With me, I got a little bit of sauce, um, <laughs> and and that's what and that's what is you that need. the hot sauce that Nets brought over from Mexico? It's is that, that what it is? Mexican, <laughs> um, yeah, it's that Mexican <laughs> hot sauce right there, uh, and that's what you need. Then fans are paying good money. You got to give them more than just uh, you know the bare minimum. That's it. Um, so is it still Dre? Is it, are we still going with the Dre walkout? Or are you changing it? What are you doing? Come on. Uh, listen, for You've got to give me that exclusive. For, like. for right now, still Dre is yeah, yeah. Uh, synonymous with my career at the moment. So I don't see that changing. It may do, but for right now, that is, uh, that's definitely the song for me to walk out to. Listen, all the best, man. Pleasure being around you today. All the best on the 23rd. Appreciate Take it. care. Uh, you are listening to uh, Fight Night on TalkSport. Do stick with us because we're going to be speaking to Nate next. You're getting... You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. We're in Brighton, a beautiful day in Brighton. Uh, for those people listening to this via podcast or via the show on uh, Saturday night here on TalkSport, it's Valentine's Day. There's a lot of love in the air. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Nate Velasquez, who is the man now uh, charged um, in, uh, in Chris Eubank Jr.'s camp. And it's quite a unique experience, this, because Chris has obviously been uh, a pro for a, a long period of time, and this is the first time that he's uh, employed a professional trainer to come and help him um, in these in these big big fights, um, first of all, Nate, talk to me about your relationship with him. How did this come about? Um, he came to Vegas. Um, I've always seen him. He's always trained with uh, Senior. I've always watched him training with Senior. Um, but I got my own fighters, and um, he was um, him and Kevin Newman were sparring a lot. 
because Kevin was getting ready for fight and I trained Kevin. So um, he asked Kevin if I would be willing to hold the mitts why, you know, after I trained Kevin, work with him. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. And from there, it's, he liked what I did. He liked what I did. He was listening, you know. He, was, he must have liked something I did, you know. <laughs> Listen to me. <clears throat> so that's how, it, that's how it all began. Mm. Um, you mentioned there, obviously, that relationship started in Vegas. You were uh, heavily connected with the Mayweather gym out there and, uh, and what have you. Regarding what you see with Chris, what are the, what are the things that you, because this is the first camp, proper camp that you've done with him, yeah. what are the things that you've been working on in order to take him to the next level? Um, well, when I first met with him, met him, and I, I'd seen a lot of stuff, you know, because he was sparring my fighter, Kevin, so I, obviously I'm over there picking him apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, defenses, you know, and it's footwork. You just keep moving, you but those were two major things, you know, because he has, he has the power and the will. So um, he just needed to work on them, you know. Mm. That's what we began working on off right away is, is work on his defense, you know, and that was in June. You know, you have to work on that. I mean, you have to have that. In, the fundamentals, the basics. Yeah, yeah, the fundamentals in boxing. I mean, I mean he, was, he wasn't doing stuff that I was doing at like eight years old, you know. And Did you find that surprising? He, I mean, for the level that he's got to and where he's got to in his career, do you find it surprising that he's managed to get so far without those fundamentals? I do. But he's done it, yeah. you know. And um, from when he first came out, I think he was young, probably 16 or 17, and that was probably his problem was his father brought him out and had him train with Floyd Sr. right away. Mm -hmm. And... You know, usually when you're with Floyd Senior, you already know their fundamentals and everything. So, but you know, it's it's worked. It's worked great for Chris. You know, he's only lost to two champions. Yeah, DeGal's lost to one of them champions. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's great to get as far as he did. You know, without the proper you know mint work or anything. You know, because mm -hmm. he still has Ronnie Davis is in his corner. So Ronnie is a big 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 part of his, his career and has been through through the beginning of his career so Ronnie's always there pushing stuff in his ear but I just think he needed someone else to, to say it because some people just don't listen well on that what's he like to work with because a lot of people said that he's his own man he's very single minded sometimes difficult um, when it comes to the listening part of the game is he, has he been relatively easy for you? it has because um I'll tell you the way it is, I, I, you know, and maybe that's what he likes about it, you know. When I first met him, what do you think I need to work on? You're, no BS, let's yeah. not This is the way it is. Yeah, your defense is dude, and your footwork That's what you need to work on right away. And maybe he needed to hear it from someone else, and, you know, I ain't going to sit and lie to you. If you're losing a fight, I'm going to tell you you're losing the fight. Hmm. You know, don't sit there and argue with me. Um... And maybe you just needed to hear from someone different, you know, because sometimes, you know, I used to hear it all the time mm -hmm. when I was a kid, but it wouldn't get through to my head. My mom and my dad would sit there, eh, throw more punches, throw more punches, throw more punches. Well, it wouldn't, it didn't get through my head until someone else, mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. it just didn't get through my head. You mentioned uh, footwork, jab. 
things that you've obviously been speaking to him about. How's he taken to it? Great, great. Um, if you watch the, the mitt workout and the bags, you can see he's pivoting. He's just moving a lot better. His, mm-hmm. his movement's a lot more smoother than it was before. Mm. Regarding what James DeGale then brings to this particular fight, how do you counterattack um, his arsenal? Mm. Well, you can't sit back and wait for a southpaw. So you just got to break him down. You got to break him down. You have to strategically break him down. Um, either, um, either come at him. You can't outbox the guy. Um, he's a great boxer. You get two boxers in, in there, it's, it'd be a boring fight, you know. So there's, you, there's traps. You set traps, you know, you cut the ring off, and you get your work in. You let your hands go. We... Um we, we, we spoke to James as well, and one of the things that I broke, uh, brought up with him is that traditionally in his fights, he might do two, three, four rounds, and then he'll go missing for large parts of the of, of the Yeah, like the second half of the fight. Yeah, is that something that obviously you're maybe working towards? And No, not at all. Um, like I said, I don't want to play catch-up. You know, you don't never want to play catch-up, so I'm not looking that way. Um, you got to go out there and try winning every round you can, you know. You don't want to take a round off because you don't know how the judges are going to score. Absolutely. And you never know the, about the judges these days. You know, there's been some pretty pretty hefty scores, <laughs> and you know, and you just don't know. Mm. Um, obviously, you're working with him in the boxing ring. You're living with him as well. Oh, yes, correct. How's yeah. all that going? It's going good. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, it's smooth. Are you, you know? in, are you in charge of the food? Are you in charge of the get-up time? What, 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 no, I mean, he has... Is it he like has, a married couple? He has, uh, <laughs> he has um, food there. Um, I, uh, I also cook, though. Um, what's, he, the, what's the main dish? What's, what, what, what's, what flair are you bringing? Um, I cook a lot of Mexican food, you know, because you guys don't have Mexican food over here. Like, I don't know. It's so-called Mexican food. <clears throat> but, you know, I brought some stuff from from America. Yeah. Um, tortillas, corn tortillas, stuff. So I hot sauce. Something I can't find. Yeah. Hot sauce, yeah, I make yeah, hot yeah, sauce. Yeah. I can, couldn't find st- certain stuff. But, yeah, I brought some spices and stuff like that. Um, so, um, Mexican food, you know, chicken, stuff like that, you yeah. know. Just good food. <laughs> Better tasting food at the house. <laughs> Regarding future camps going forward, because I'm assuming that this relationship is going to progress for the next 12 to 18, maybe even 24 months or what have you. Is the plans to be training more in the States, or is it going to be based here in Brighton? Um, it depends. I mean, Cause it's, he's, it's he's, like he, he can come over to the States, and I can come over here, you know. It, all, it just all depends, you know. Where, where we're fighting at, you know, where we need to work at, you know. If, if we can't get work over here, then we got to get it there, you know. And if he comes through this with a victory, how big of a statement is that for this super middleweight division? Um, it's a big statement, you know. A lot of people will be saying, if he wins, they'll be like, oh, well, he was washed up his last five fights, well, you know. So, and then if he gets beat, then they're gonna be, like, oh, he got washed, he got beat by a washed up Degal and stuff. So. You know, it's just, it's a big, this is a big fight for him, you know. But you can't look past him. You just focus on what's in, uh, in front of you right now, and that's James Segal. And we got we to gotta stop him. We can't, uh, can't, can't look past him. Hmm. But regarding yeah. the division, though, I mean, if you, if you beat a two-time <laughs> world champion, an Olympic gold medalist, then all of a sudden 
a lot of people are talking about Chris getting in the mix with the with the guys that are holding the belts at this division. Well, he should just obviously because James DeGal relinquished the belt. Uskategi um, fought and won it, mm-hmm. and then he recently lost to Caleb Plant. And Caleb, I know Caleb, really good guy. Um, so I don't know if him and Chris ever sparred, you know, because in the same gym. But um, yeah, it's that, that's a possible fight, and mm-hmm. the other champions, you know. Hmm. Um, regarding, I've got to ask you. Obviously, coming out of the main with the gym, I've got to ask you about Floyd. When's he doing the Pacquiao fight? Um, <laughs> it's a possibility. Money, money, yeah, anything's possible if the right money's there. But he should stay retired. I mean, he's getting older. He's. I mean, I think he's going to be. What's he might have just turned forty-one. Is that right? Yeah, he's going to be 42. He's around my age. I'll be 43 here. He's going to be 42. He's a year younger than me. Um, he is, you know, he's, he's, he's rich. What else? What more do you want, you know? You just, I mean, the only, the only reason you'd stay in boxing is to be under the lights, yeah. you know, and, and Floyd likes that. But Yeah, of course. You, know, you, get, old, you get older and time catches up to you. You look at the, the fighters and the and, in the past that have stayed in it. Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, Mike Roy Tyson Jones. stayed Roy in Jones. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Roy like Jones, that. they all stayed in it. They're, you know, they're chasing that, chasing the dream, chasing the money, and Floyd don't have to chase money. Yeah. Money comes now. Yeah. What about what about yourself? What's, what's your own dreams and ambitions now within the world of boxing? Hopefully you can win, win this belt. I think it's the IBO belt is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, keep training them and, and move on, and, you know. Opportunities will uh, will open up. Yeah. You know? Superb, man. Listen, yeah. all the very best. Thank with, you. Uh, with this particular fight. Pleasure to uh, see Appreciate you doing your work today. Uh, you're listening to uh, Fight Night on Talk Tune Sports. Tune in to Talk Sports. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Net knows. Uh, we've got the live fight on the 23rd. Do stick with us.